I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello and welcome to Trash Talk with TK, episode 23, our football preview episode in this episode. Talk about the Eagles-Falcons matchup on Thursday night. It's going to be a great night down at Lincoln Financial Field. Talk about that breakdown, the game, give you my prediction. Also talk about... Um, I'll give you my predictions for the whole season, the NFL, and some week one picks. If you want to put some money down on the games, a little uh, week one picks for you. My best um, bets for week one, episode 23. Let's go. We have finally made it week one. Eagles, Falcons on Thursday night from the link. And this has felt like just the longest offseason of all time. I always feel like the wait for football is interminably long and, you know, it just can never come around soon enough because football consumes pretty much every big time sports fans life for like five months. At least it is for me. And you spend all your weekend watching college football and watching the NFL. And then in January you get the playoffs and there's nothing more intense, especially when your team's in it. And every year, I love the end of summer. First of all, I just think summer's too hot in general. I'm tired of this heat. Uh, I'm I'm done with summer. I love the fall, and I'm just ready for football to be back. But this year especially, coming off the Eagles Super Bowl win, it's just such an exciting season, such an exciting time in Philadelphia, and, and as an Eagles fan, to come back as Super Bowl champions and... I know the team has done a lot of talking about turning the page, and they should. They absolutely should. This is a new season. The things that you have done last year don't matter anymore coming into this year. And the players should have that mindset. But as fans, it's a cool feeling to you know, go into this season as Super Bowl champions, as defending champions. The idea of getting to see a Super Bowl banner lowered at the link unveiled on Thursday night is pretty spectacular. And it's going to be a great moment. It's going to be a great atmosphere. And I feel like we've been so focused on the idea of the Eagles being Super Bowl champions and the different feeling that this season brings in that regard because we've never felt this way before, along with the storyline that has dominated the offseason about whether or not Carson Wentz would play week one. I feel like we haven't, you know, looked at the game as much as we normally do. You know, normally leading up to week one, you're breaking down the week one matchup two weeks ahead of time. But I feel like these other storylines have made the game almost, almost second fiddle in a regard. But now that we can turn the page on the quarterback situation, Carson Wentz will not play. Um, you know, I'd expect at this point, he's not ready now. They'd have to start preparing for next week in just a few days with Tampa Bay. I'd expect Nick Foles to at least play the first couple games. And I think the next day where you, the next game where you really look at Carson Wentz possibly returning would be against the Indianapolis Colts in week three. 
But when you look at this game, it, it's an interesting matchup, just as it was last year. I, I Right before I came in to record the podcast, I actually still have on my DVR from last year the Eagles-Falcons playoff game. And I watched the first half before I came in to do the podcast, and I'm going to watch the second half tonight when I get home later on. And, you know, we all remember the second half of that game. We all remember how Nick Foles played a lot better, was a lot more crisp in the second half. They didn't put up a ton of points in the second half. They actually put up more points in the first half. They scored nine in the first, six in the second. But Nick Foles looked dramatically better in the second half of that game. And it made me realize that watching the game again, he was not sharp in the first half. He missed a couple big-time throws. First throw of the game, got fortunate on a pass interference that he underthrew Torrey Smith big-time, missed Trey Burton on a key third down near the end of that half. And the play that really turned everything around was that play where the ball went off Keanu Neal's knee, landed in the arms of Torrey Smith, and set up the Eagles for a field goal before half. Jake Elliott kicked a 50-plus yarder, which really set them up well going into halftime. It gave some good feelings, making it 10-9 before half. But watching the first half of that game, you know, Jay Ajayi ran well. The Eagles ran the ball effectively in the first half. They didn't do a whole lot through the air. Most of the things they did through the air were pass plays of the running backs, rewatching um, wheel routes to Corey Clement. They hit especially a few times in the first half. And when you look at Atlanta's defense, that is how you're going to have to attack them. And I'd expect a similar game plan from Doug Peterson, but a game plan that would resemble more of the team's game plan in the first half of that game than the second half. Because what you remember about the second half, and you'd think they would go back to what worked, but the second half, it was a lot of RPOs, a lot of the those run-pass options you hear talked about all the time that made Nick Foles so successful last year. And the Eagles certainly will sprinkle those in. But from the other side, you got to look at that and think that's exactly what the Atlanta Falcons are going to come into that game, this game expecting. They're going to be expecting those RPOs. They're going to be expecting what had the Eagles working so efficiently in the second half of that game. But I think you can really look, if you watch the first half, and see more of what the Eagles' game plan will be like tomorrow night, because the plays were there. Nick Foles at times just didn't make them. The two guys on offense that I think are going to be critical to the Eagles winning this game on Thursday night are Corey Clement and Darren Sproles. Both haven't really played in the preseason. Clement played in the first game uh, for about a quarter, came out, and then was dealing with a little injury, so he didn't play the rest of the preseason. Sproles you haven't seen all preseason. I can tell you from going to practice multiple times, Darren Sproles looks as good as as he has ever looked. And people are sleeping on Darren Sproles in this offense. He is going to be a major weapon for Doug Peterson and Nick Foles. He's going to be a major weapon. Probably, in my mind, the most under-talked-about guy on this offense coming into the season is Darren Sproles, just because he's older, just because he was injured more uh, most of last year. People forget what this guy can do. People forget the first two weeks of last season. Darren Sproles was the feature back on this team. You know, LeGarrette Blunt didn't really start playing until Darren Sproles got hurt in that New York game. But you look at last year against the Redskins, last year against Kansas City, Darren Sproles played a ton of snaps. 
Darren Sproles was a focal point of this offense. And if he's back healthy, which I believe he is, he's going to be a big, a big weapon for this team. And same with Corey Clement in his second year. You saw what he could do last year uh, as a receiver out of the backfield. That's where I think the Eagles can attack this Atlanta defense. Atlanta's defense is predicated on not allowing the big play. You saw that last year. The Eagles only scored 15 points, only one touchdown. You know, in the second half, the Eagles held the ball for a while. They they moved the ball effectively, but in the end, they only scored six points because Atlanta is predicated defensively on keeping points off the board and stopping you from converting the big play. And the Eagles are going to have to take what is given to them. And what I believe will be given to them quite a bit is the, the pass plays to the running backs, to Corey Clement, to Darren Sproles, getting those guys matched up on Devondre Campbell and, and Deion Jones, the linebackers. Deion Jones is a hell of a player, but that's a tough ask of a linebacker of that size to cover Darren Sproles or, he, or Corey Clement in the open field. That, that's just not an easy thing for a linebacker to do. So I, I am I'm confident that the Eagles will be able to move the ball. I don't worry about Nick Foles. I really don't. I know a lot of people are concerned about the preseason performance. I'll take more stock in what I saw from last year in the postseason. Nick Foles very inconsistent, no doubt. And I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out a little sluggish. But in the preseason, part of it was he didn't have a ton of time to get his timing down. He didn't have his weapons, his full complement of weapons out there. Tomorrow night, he'll have Nelson Aguilar back. He'll have all his running backs at his disposal. He'll have that first-team O-line, Jason Peters, who I cannot wait to see out there. You know, if the Eagles announce the offense individually before the game, Jason Peters will get a bigger ovation than anybody tomorrow night. And I think the offense will be fine. Defensively, the Eagles, and this is, you know, what they do as a defense. This is what they're... Defense is predicated on is pressure on the quarterback, and they need to get after Matt Ryan. And why rewatching that Falcons game, they did a very good job last year. The Falcons, I'd expect their game plan to be very similar to what it was last year in the postseason, which is quick passes, get the ball out fast, hit quick slants, hit quick outs to the outside, and hope their running backs can kind of break tackles and move the ball that way. But I'm confident in the Eagles secondary, their corners, their safeties, to keep the big plays at a minimum. I mean, Atlanta does have great wide receivers. Obviously, Julio Jones, Sanu's a good number two, and Cameron Ridley, um, who it's yet to be seen how much of an impact he's going to make, especially early in the year, but he's a really talented rookie wideout. And the running backs, we know how good their running backs are. So the Eagles defense has a tall task, but they're going to need to get pressure. I would expect a kind of a a conservative game plan from Steve Sarkeesian, their offensive coordinator, uh, in terms of Max protecting to protect Matt Ryan because they send a lot of their tight ends backs in on routes. It's going to be hard for that offensive line, even though their offensive line is pretty good, to, to block the Eagles man-to-man up front. First time we'll get to see Brandon Graham back. You know, the Eagles will be missing Tim Jernigan for a long period of time, but Michael Bennett will be able to go. So I'm... I'm confident. I'm confident in this game. The Eagles need to stop the run. The linebackers are going to be key. Jordan Hicks, I mean, we'll see if he's healthy in this game. Because Jordan Hicks is going to be playing a ton of snaps with Nigel Bradham out. 
When Nigel Bradham out, I'd be surprised to see Jordan Hicks come off the field much at all. But the Eagles, they need to stop the run, get after the quarterback. That's really what they aim to do every week. That's how their defense functions at a high level. But especially in this game, that's what the Eagles need to do to have success against this Falcon offense. I think it's going to be kind of a similar game to the playoffs in the end. A little more high scoring. My prediction, Eagles 20, Atlanta 16. A lot of field goals. It's going to come down to who can execute better in the red zone. I think both offenses will be able to move the football a little bit. But I think in the end, it could very well come down to who can who can keep the other team out of the end zone. And I'm going to go by what I saw last year in the Eagles red zone offense, Eagles red zone defense, even though it's a new season. I have confidence in those units. I'm going Eagles 20, Atlanta 16. All right, now I want to go through some picks uh, for the NFL season and a couple, uh, you know, if you want to wager on the games, maybe a little, a couple um, selections that I have for week one. But when you look at this uh, this season in the NFL, but when you look at the season in the NFL, run, running through some divisions here, starting the AFC, out in the AFC West, I like the Chargers. I think the Chargers are the best team in the division. I feel like we say that every year that they're the most talented team. They usually disappoint Phillip Rivers always seems to make that crucial turnover late. But I just don't see a team in this division that's better. I don't believe in Case Keenum with Denver. I think John Gruden, I I said before all this Khalil Mack stuff, John Gruden is going to be an absolute disaster with the Raiders. He is. He's He's going to be a disaster. He's not going to be able to do coach the way he did back when he was successful. The game has changed so much since he left it 10 years ago. He wasn't successful 10 years ago. He hasn't been a success in this league for 15 years. I don't think the Raiders are going to be anything special. So, um, and Kansas City, they're they're still a little bit away. I mean, transitioning to Patrick Mahomes this year, I think Mahomes is going to be pretty good in the end, but it's still really, really early. You know, it's his first year starting, a little bit of a rebuilding year for Kansas City. I see them taking a little step back. So I think this is Chargers division to lose. They're the most talented team. They've got the best quarterback right now. I mean, the best quarterback might be Derek Carr, but I just don't like him in Gruden's in Gruden's system. So I'm going to go with the Chargers in the West. And the AFC South, which the AFC South, I think might be the most interesting, might be top to bottom, the best division in all of football. Still like Jacksonville to win it. I think they're probably the best team. I'm not a big Blake Bortles guy. But that defense is so good, so fast, so talented that I think they should still win that division. Houston is the X factor. Houston, if Deshaun Watson can stay healthy for a full year and play at the level he did last year, forget about the division. Houston might be a a pick to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, they are talented enough across the board where if they stay relatively healthy, which they have not been able to do, but if they can this year, they keep Watson, Watt, Clowney, Hopkins, they keep all those guys healthy. That team could be a Super Bowl team. But I have them as a wild card team. Tennessee, I also have as a wild card team. I think they're pretty good. And Mariota, it's been a little bit of a disappointment, but that's still a pretty talented group. It'll be interesting to see how Mike Vrabel does in his first year as a head coach. And then the Colts, uh, Frank Reich's a good coach. I think he proved that here the last couple years. You know, working under Doug knows how to how to operate within a 
successful organization. I just can't trust Andrew Luck's health. Can't trust his health, but but that's another one where if Andrew Luck's healthy, even though the rest of that roster isn't that good, we forget how good Andrew Luck is at his peak because he hasn't been there for about four years. But when Andrew Luck is healthy, he is one of the best players in all of football. He's outstanding. But I don't trust the shoulder. But if he can back, get back to being healthy, the, Col- the Colts could be a very interesting team to watch. You look at the North Steelers, far and away the best team in the division. You know, they, they, they have the talent. Le'Veon Bell might not be there to start the year. That That's fine. Division's weak. They'll be fine. Baltimore, a lot of people are high on. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not there with Baltimore. I think Joe Flacco is on the back end of his career at this point. Don't love their roster. They added Michael Crabtree, but still don't love their weapons. I think they're about a 500 team. Same with Cincinnati. They are what they always are. They're going to be the same kind of team until they get rid of Marvin Lewis, whenever that is. But I'm not a big fan of them. And then, you know, the Browns are one of the most interesting teams in football this year. Obviously, they, they garnered a lot of attention on hard knocks. Um, and they're an interesting group. But I don't think they're going to have a ton of success because I don't like the coach. And it's kind of a similar situation to Cincinnati, even though Cincinnati has had far more success under Marvin Lewis. But I think Hugh Jackson's a buffoon. A complete buffoon. And until they get rid of that guy, they're not going to win anything. They're not going to be a, a playoff caliber team, in my opinion, until they get a new head coach. Even though they got talent, I like Baker Mayfield. I like Miles Garrett a lot. I think he's a really talented defensive player. But I just don't believe in Hugh Jackson. So I they still think the Browns are like a four or five win team. Better than they've been, but still not very good. In the East, I mean, the Patriots will roll through that division again. The rest of the division stinks. Miami's not good. They're about a seven and nine team. The Bills are going to be one of the worst teams in football this year. Why they are not just starting Josh Allen week one, I have no clue. They're really going to put that Nathan, Nathan Peterman out there again. That guy stinks. He's awful. I don't get that one bit. So the Bills, I think they're going to be pretty bad. And then you got the Jets who, you know, a Sam Darnold looked good in the preseason. I wasn't the biggest Sam Darnold guy coming out. But, hey, I hope Sam Darnold's good just so the Giants passed on him. He goes to the Jets and he's great. That would be hilarious. But the Jets aren't ready to compete for anything. So, you know, I don't think they're going to be better, very good either. I mean, the Dolphins are... If there's any team who can pose any kind of threat to New England, it's the Dolphins, but I don't see that happening either. Then the AFC, I, I in the t- I, I have the Seahawks, the Seahawks, the Steelers coming out of the AFC. I just, even though I think, you know, you kind of party, it says just pick New England again. I just, it, going to the Super Bowl three straight times is really difficult. And I just have a feeling somebody's going to knock them off this year. Tempted to pick Jacksonville but can't because of the quarterback. Tempted to pick Houston, but can't because of their health situation. And the Chargers, I, you know, Phillip Rivers, until he wins that kind of big game, it's tough to pick him in that kind of game. So I think I think the Steelers are the team that can knock off New England this year and get to the Super Bowl um, out of the AFC. In the NFC, in the West, I think the Rams, I, I don't love what the Rams did as much as a lot of people do. I just think you bring that many guys in from the outside. It doesn't, it doesn't mesh as easily as a lot of people think it does. So I think there's going to be a little of a transition period. I don't think it's going to be as 
easy for the Rams to just go in and have that immediate success as most people do. But I still think they're the best team in the division. And I still think they'll win double-digit games and win that division. I like San Francisco. San Francisco is kind of everybody's dark horse pick. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is legit. Kyle Shanahan is a good offensive mind. They got some talent. I think they're still about a year away from playoffs, though. They're about an 8-8 eight eight team. Seattle is similar. Seattle's lost a lot over the last couple of years. Um, I still think Russell Wilson is the most underrated player in all football. People don't understand how much he does for that team. Their offense is basically Russell Wilson run around, make a play because our, our offensive line stinks. But I don't think they have enough to be a playoff team this year. That defense has taken major hits talent-wise over the last few years. The Cardinals have Sam Bradford at quarterback. I can't stand Sam Bradford. They're going to be like a 4-5 win team. So I like I like the Rams there. In the NFC South, Saints might be the best team in the NFC. You know, and that's all due respect to the Eagles, but the Saints are built really well. I think they win that division. Falcons are are solid as well. I think they're a, a wild card team, a 10-win team. Uh, the Panthers are pretty good, but I, I, I think the Panthers missed the playoffs this year. I think they're just a notch under a playoff team. A very similar roster to last year, but they've been beat up. They're getting older. I don't love them as much as I did last season. And the Bucks, Dirk Cutter is going to be the first coach fired in the NFL this season. That that he has not done a good job there. Jameis Winston's been a different disappointment. He's suspended to start the year, but I don't think it's going to get much better once Jameis Winston comes back. They're not going to be a very good team. Look to the north. Minnesota is really good as well. They're the best team in that division. Great defense. Kirk Cousins is an upgraded quarterback. He's got a lot of weapons. Dalvin Cook coming back. They're going to be really good. I think they win the division. Packers are going to be second. They're going to win 10 games just because they have Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, the Packers are guaranteed to win 10 games and get in the playoffs every year. Even with the rest of the roster, it's not that good. Aaron Rodgers makes up for so many so many ills on that team. So I like the Packers, the wildcard team. Lions, I like too. Uh, I think they're kind of like Carolina, just a notch below a playoff team. Um, I think people are a little high on Matt Stafford. I don't think he's he's that great, but they're an interesting team. Um, I I just think they're not quite there yet, and the Bears will be a little better, you know, with Khalil Mack. I just don't. I'm not a Mitch Trubisky guy, so I I, I see the Bears as like still a five six win team. Definitely improve themselves. They're an interesting team, but I don't think they're going to be very competitive this year. Then the East. Um, the Eagles are uh, no team has repeated in this division since 0304, which is a pretty outs- amazing stat. I think this is the year the Eagles do it. I really do. I think they are just better than everybody else in this division. I really do by a lot. I think the Eagles win about 11, 12 games. Um, then next, I have Washington. Washington's kind of the silent team in this division that nobody ever talks about, but I think they're pretty solid. And you look at the rosters. They are the second-best team in this division. They're probably, you know, an 8-9 win team. I think, again, just not quite a playoff team. Uh, I think Green Bay and Atlanta get those wild-card spots. But the Redskins are the second-best team in the division. I have Cowboys third. Who Cowboys won 13 games just a couple years ago, but they're going to be without Travis Frederick. They're beat up. Dak Prescott, really, aside from Zeke Elliott, he has no weapons. Their receivers are garbage. Talk about Cole Beasley, Allen Hearns. I mean, they have nothing in terms of receiving power. 
And then I have the Giants last. A lot of people are high on the Giants. I just think Eli Manning's done. I think Eli Manning is the fifth best quarterback in this division when you take into account Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, along with Alex Smith and Dak Prescott. So as much as Saquon Barkley is talented, he's going to help them. I just think Eli's done, and I don't think you're going to get a lot from him. In the NFC Championship game, I have Eagles over Saints. As I said, I think the Saints are really good, but I think the Eagles are the most complete team. And when they get Carson Wentz back, Carson Wentz is going to be on a mission. I have Eagles, Steelers in the Super Bowl with the Eagles repeating. And you might call me a homer. Maybe I am. I don't know. I just think this Eagles team is is poised and in a better position to make a repeat run more than the team has been in a long time. In a lot of ways, because the injury factor, the fact that so many of those guys did not get to participate last year in the Super Bowl, they have that that extra oomph to get back there. And I think that with Doug Peterson, with Carson Wentz, with all the players returning, and all the players returning from injury, that this team has what it takes to get back to the Super Bowl and win it. I truly feel that way. And hey, I'm not going to go against them. I'm not going to go against them this year. Uh, I, I don't know how you can with all they accomplished and all they have coming back. There's too many good, good things to just think this team's going to fall apart. I don't see it. So I'll pick the Eagles to to go back and beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. And now before we get out of here, I'll give you a couple week one picks. If you're, you know, looking to put a little, little dough down on the games. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Pittsburgh's three and a half point favorites. I love the Steelers in this game. All over the Steelers here. People are hyped up on the Browns. People doubting the Steelers without Le'Veon Bell. It's not going to matter. It might be tight for a little while. Steelers might only win this game by a touchdown, 10 points, something like that. But I think the Steelers win. I think the Steelers cover the three and a half relatively easily. Another game I love is kind of the same thing. Even though I like San Fran a lot, I don't love their matchup week one. They're in Minnesota. People are hyped up on the Niners. I love Minnesota in this game. They Minnesota plays really well at home. I think they're going to come out firing all, on all cylinders. I, I see a really impressive week one win from the Vikings. They're six and a half point favorites. I think they cover. I think they win by 10 to 14 points in that ball game. In the other game, this is my play of the week right here. Tampa Bay, who I said I think is awful, versus New Orleans, who might be the best team in the NFC. Love the Saints in this game. They're nine and a half point favorites. It's a pretty big line. I think the Saints win this game by 17 to 20 points. They're just that much better in Tampa Bay. They always put a lot of points up in the dome. And Tampa's just... You know, they're in disarray right now. No Jameis Winston. Tampa's D-line's pretty good. I just don't see them getting the pressure this week. And then I, I, they obviously play the Eagles in week two. But I like the New Orleans Saints to cover the nine and a half. That is my play of the week in the NFL. That'll do it for Trash Talk with TK. I'll talk to you next week as we get you set for Eagles and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Be sure to be tuned in to me this weekend on 94 WIP. I'll be on Saturday night into Sunday morning and Sunday night into Monday morning. So I'm on twice this weekend. Be sure to listen to me. I'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.